This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Annette Ferguson. Annette is the CEO CEO of Annette & Co. She helps entrepreneurs find clarity in their numbers, increase their wealth, and take more money home in their pockets. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Roman. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So... I basically didn't think I would be an accountant. That is, that's kind of where where it starts. I knew from a relatively young age that I wanted to run a business. And at school, you know, I was told, well, why don't you try um, studying accounting and finance at university? Because it will be a great grounding for you, a great kind of um, uh plinth basically to have as you grow your business. I thought, okay, yeah, that's pretty logical. That sounds like a good idea. So I went to university, studied accountancy and finance, went on to do my um, professional qualification after university and become a chartered accountant. And whilst I was in that role, um, because you do part of it training and part of it on the job. And whilst I was doing that, I really enjoyed the work I was doing. To be honest, I enjoyed dealing with the clients and all that kind of thing. And so when I qualified, I still felt like it wasn't the right time for me to start my business. I was still pretty young at that point. So I moved from um, Edinburgh in Scotland to London to work in banking at that point. I worked for Goldman Sachs and investment banking, um, got a, you know, much, much bigger job than I was used to, a lot more uh, responsibility. And I hated the, well, I didn't hate the job, the actual work I really enjoyed. I hated everything else about it in reality. The culture was just not me. It was a massive culture shock um, shifting from a small accounting practice in Edinburgh to, you know, one of the largest investment banks in the world. And it was just not the right place for me and my personality. So I did not enjoy that at all, but I stuck with it. I didn't, I didn't want to have lots of changes of jobs on my CV. I was still young and I thought that was going to be a bad thing. So stuck with it for about a year and a half. And after that, I moved into the oil and gas industry, which I really loved doing again, a financial controller type role. Um, and I really enjoyed my time there. But every time I moved jobs, I still had this kind of yearning to have my own business. I was never fully satisfied with what I was doing. So it got to a point where um, I actually was getting married and it was kind of like, is is it the right time to start thinking about setting up this business? And so I had all these sort of thoughts around, but what what is it going to be? What am I going to do? And I thought back in my career and thought, well, what have I done that I've really loved and enjoyed? And the answer was, when I was training and doing my chartered accounting training, that is the role that I loved the best. And, you know, for the reasons that I mentioned, meeting clients, learning about their business, all those kinds of stuff is the stuff that I really, really love. And so 
thought, hang on a minute, why don't I just start an accounting firm? Um, and so that's basically what I did at that time. I started it whilst I was still in employment. It was actually against my employment contract to do that. But in all honesty, I wanted to see if I was any good at it. I wanted to see if I could get clients and what that looked like. So I did that for a little while. And um, as, as coincidence would have it, we got to a few months in and I said to my husband one weekend, you know, I'm really starting to struggle with timing because I was basically trying to run this business in the evenings, weekends, vacation days, you know, lunch hours in the car park on my phone, all that kind of stuff. And I said to him, Look, I'm really struggling. I don't know what we need to do here because, you know, I wasn't making enough money in the business to completely, I wasn't covering my salary, but, but still the time was just a real nightmare for me, particularly because back at, in that point in time, this is nearly 12 years ago now. So back at that point in time, it was face-to-face -face networking is how you got clients. You know, social media had really not come into its own at that point. It was starting, but it really wasn't as prevalent as it is now in, in people's lives. And so I was doing a lot of face-to-face -face networking. I was having to take like half days from work to go networking and all that kind of stuff. And it just wasn't, it wasn't sustainable. And so we'd said, okay, maybe you should speak to your manager about perhaps going part-time, like, you know, run it by him, see what the, how the conversation goes. He said, okay, fine. So this was at the weekend and uh, Monday morning, I walked into the office and my manager did that, uh, you know, Annette, can I have a word please? And you think, uh-oh, uh-oh, what have I done? What's happened? And um, he took me into an office and he said, it's come to my attention that you have been running a business on the side that's clearly against your employment contract. Therefore, I have to say to you, to, you either need to um, stop that with immediate effect or I'll expect your letter of resignation on my desk. So I said, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to stop running the business. This is what I want to do. I'll, I'll tender my resignation. And um, the great thing was at the end of that meeting, he said, I think this is great for you. I'm really, you know, I'm really happy. I think you'll do really well. So it was, it was left on a nice term, at least with that. So there I was out in the big, big, bad world running my business um, and, you know, trying to get clients, doing a lot of face-to-face -face networking, starting to dabble in the social media platforms that were coming up at that time. So Facebook was just starting to kind of get some traction as a business platform. Twitter was around quite a lot. They were the two that I was mainly using at that point in time time as well as face-to-face -face networking and then started to grow the client base. So working from home and, uh, and growing my client base that way, dealing with at that point in time, pretty much the kind of bog standard accounting-y type stuff, compliance work, tax work, that kind of thing. And that continued for around about five years as I was growing and growing and growing. So, you know, I hit the sort of milestone points that people like to have, the six-figure business, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, and I had a few team members start to come on board and that kind of things. But I was actually really struggling at that point in time because although the business was, I was able to generate revenue and sales, actually I was taking home very, very little from the business. I certainly had not replaced my corporate salary um, despite us, you know, having a decent level of revenue. And, you know, I, I knew that something needed to change. Something just wasn't working. And as um, again, coincidence happened and I, 
fell across a book called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Now, I'm a massive, massive reader of business books. I have been since my business started and I love it. So, you know, I consume a lot of information, but I picked up this book and I thought, holy moly, hang on a second. (laughs) This is amazing. And for those of the listeners that don't know, um, Profit First basically is fundamentally a cash management strategy. It essentially helps a business become more profitable and it um, makes sure that you've got money set aside for tax and all those kinds of things. And so before I got to the end of the book, I basically was emailing them and saying, like, how do I get certified in this? I need this for my own life and I know my clients need it too. And they said, whoa, whoa, first of all, you have to implement it in your own business. You can't just be certified straight away. So I said, okay, fine. So that's what I did. I implemented it in my own business and um, and it changed things for me. It changed the profitability. It changed the take-home. It was just an incredible turnaround. Um, and 18 months later, I actually became the sole breadwinner in our family. My husband left his full-time job to look after our, at that point, one very small child and I was pregnant with our second. And so- it was, um, it was a big turning point with my business because not only did it change things for me in terms of the finances of my business, at that point, we also started helping clients with it as well. And that's when we moved away from being a really kind of bog standard accounting firm to one that really kind of is much more future focused and forward driven and f- helps clients focus on profitability um, much, much more than might kind of be traditional as well. And um Almost the rest is history at that point, to be honest. The business has continued to grow now as well, continued to bring on staff all the time. I've now got um, you know, an operations team dealing with the accounts and bookkeeping side of things and a marketing team as well. That and we're starting to build a sales team too. So um, yeah, and and we all still work from home actually too. So I have always built the business that um anybody in the team can work from anywhere in the world. So, you know, when COVID times hit, actually it meant that we were really able, really, really resilient. Um, and able to cope with that. And actually the business has grown incredibly over this time, I think as well, because a lot of accounting firms struggled to adapt because they had, you know, traditional offices with basements full of paper files. And actually when everyone kind of had to go home, there was massive disruption to their practices. Whereas to us, it made little to no difference at all for most of us. Yeah, that's awesome. And the the fact that you kind of some people are afraid to make that jump if they have something that they do on the side, like a side hustle, they may keep it a side hustle, or they may stay in a corporate structure working with, you know, for someone else, which I don't dissuade if it's the right situation and opportunity for your life. But you were kind of given that, uh, that ultimatum kind of, and it was nice, nice leaving on good terms, because I thought that story was going to go a different way. And I'm a big proponent of, you know, working remotely and kind of the the virtual working landscape. I've been remote for about five years and it, it enables you to get the right, right talent. Because like you said, if you're forced to a brick and mortar location, obviously you're kind of guided by the talent in that locale. I mean, I would say the furthest I would probably drive for a job, maybe 30 miles, 40 miles in terms of the U.S. for commute. And then you're left in terms of the talent pool all around the world. There's some competent people out there with a lot of skills that you can really tap. So if you have that virtual format and companies that had either, you know, selective virtual or you can be in the office and working from home or anywhere. I mean, I think they've adapted better to what's happened in 2020 and is continuing in 2021. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have team, yeah, all over the world and um and it's it's it really it's really great. It's really positive because like you say, why wouldn't you want the best people? It doesn't actually matter where they live. Like why wouldn't you want to tap into those those people and their brains and their expertise and their amazingness? Yeah, I agree. So, what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time with variables in your life, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Um, I, um, I, I'm naturally a very driven person. I'm naturally a very competitive person. So, um, part of that is definitely kind of competing with myself and part of it, part of it, you know, I would be silly to ignore is ego as well, without a doubt. But, um, you know, the other bit of it is, as most people, I'm sure my family as well, you know, I have two small children. Um, they're currently age four and six and, you know, I want the best for them as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's healthy to have that competition and that com- uh, competition, I think on, on my part is competition with myself. Oh, me so, too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like, yeah, let, let me be competitive with everybody in my, in my industry, but I try to kind of wake up and, and become a better person than I was the day before and kind of keep that drive because sometimes you reach a certain level of income or success and you, you tend to kind of take your foot off the gas pedal because it's, you know, it's comfort. So I think I, I try to stay in this, you know, little space of, you know, discomfort because I think kind of the greatest, uh, uh, foundations or the greatest innovations happen in like a, a somewhat of a chaotic state when nothing is perfect or comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I'm completely the same. Yeah. The biggest person I'm in competition with by far is myself. And family obviously is a big driver. My family situation has really changed over time. Like since June of 2018, my wife and I have fostered 25 children. So it's hectic in terms of adjusting currently five under the age of four and then two dogs. So, oh my goodness. So, I do not envy five under the age of four. Wow. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic. And I think people that haven't experienced biological children or had children in their life in terms of caring for them, they don't necessarily understand that uh, dynamic in terms of being an entrepreneur, running a company and trying to, you know, have a family life as well. So that's kind of a, a tough juggle there too. It is absolutely, and um, possibly more so at the moment for many, many people. With um, you know, I, I I don't know exactly what the situation is exactly where you are, but with us in the UK, we're in lockdown just now, so the kids are not in school um, throughout the whole of the UK. Everyone is trying to homeschool. Um, you're not most people are not allowed to go to their place of work, so everyone is also at home. So you know, you've got two in many households, you've got two adults and multiple children all trying to access the internet at the same time, work at the same time, et cetera. And it, uh, it certainly has thrown us some curveballs in the last year. That's for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of adapting. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Oh, that's a really, really tough question. Um, uh, I certainly have a, uh, I am a recovering perfectionist, um, for sure. I'm also, um, 
I'm going to say recovering, but my husband might um, might disagree. Um, I like to be in control um, of things. So those two things can be a real, real challenge when you're running a business, because as you grow, you can't be in control of everything. Well, I mean, you can anyway, let's face it, because there's so many variables. But as you grow, particularly, you need to relinquish control on many, many things. Otherwise, nothing gets done. Um, and also, you know, you can't have your ha- hand in everything and, and make everything perfect before it goes out the door you just it's just not possible so for me um kind of learning to uh step back from those things uh, has been a has been a really um interesting learning curve for sure and um but i but i also feel like having a dose of it every so often is not a bad thing either Yeah, I think that the control thing comes into play. Anyone that starts their own business or is an entrepreneur because that's their baby, they want to kind of be involved in everything and do everything. And to begin with, that may be the case in terms of scaling the business and building a business, but you can truly grow and scale and hire a team if you put everything on your shoulders. Eventually, you have to figure out what you're able to offboard and what role you want in the business as well and then develop processes. So when you obviously hire somebody, that role is clearly defined and you know expectations and that person knows expectations because some people, sometimes a company hires without really that role in mind in terms of expectations. And then it becomes this hybrid role or they expected one thing from the person they hired and they're looking for something else. I think having a clear framework and obviously a set of processes is key when you're starting to scale as well. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't start giving other people in your team responsibility, you start being the bottleneck in your business as well. And so you actually, you know, um, you strangle the growth yourself, even though that might not be your intention whatsoever. But that is what ends up happening if you try and control all the bits on your own still. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing in terms of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Um, So... In terms of uh, professional advice, I would definitely say, um, you know, watch the cash for the business owners, you know, watch the profit, make sure that your business is in a position that it can deliver you a take home that you need, want, deserve, desire, whichever word you want to put in there, because you should be as a business owner, your highest paid member of staff. You shouldn't be paying anyone else more than you because you put the blood, sweat and tears in. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things like understanding your worth and obviously like everything you have in terms of like the moving parts. So it's your baby and technically you make the decisions in terms of where to take the company. If sometimes obviously if the company falls apart or has to pivot, that's all on you. So that that extra stress and everything else you carry in your shoulder at the uh, shoulders on the at the end of the day. Completely. Exactly. And, um, you know, you deserve to be paid for that, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it, it's situational. Like if somebody has the opportunity, you know, they they may not necessarily have a family to support or what their finances they look like. Depending on the business, they may reinvest everything in the business and like live lean. But obviously, 
if you have a family or your situation where you're taking care of relatives or loved ones, or you have something else going on, it has to be the right fit for you in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, nothing against reinvesting in the business as long as it's done from a place of strategy as opposed to overspending. So I think that's a real key that people often say, oh, I'm just reinvesting. But actually, they've what they've not done is they've not gone, made a profit, taken the money, reinvested it. They've just overspent in the moment. And that can be where you start falling over and you start ending up not having enough money sitting in the business, either for yourself or for other things. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one great place is my Facebook group, which is the Uncover Wealth Community. And I also have a podcast, Uncover Wealth Radio. So those two places are probably uh, great places for them to check out. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you so much, Roman. It's been lovely speaking to you. You too. Take care. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.